Through innovation, academic excellence, and family-centered clinical care, Children's Mercy Kansas City is transforming outcomes for children around the world. Welcome to the audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host, Dr. Michael Smith. All right, so today we're going to talk about sickle cell disease treatment demonstration program. My guest is Gerald Woods. He is the Division Director of Hematology and Oncology and Bone Marrow Transplant at Children's Mercy Kansas City, and he's the Director of the Sickle Cell Program. Dr. Woods, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Dr. Smith. Yeah, so let's talk. um, I, I found in your bio, Dr. Woods, that you have been treating sickle cell disease for... 30 plus years and so I, I just have to you know over the years how how have things evolved and and where are we at today in treating sickle cell I think uh, we're a lot farther along when I you know start getting involved with uh, sickle cell disease that even goes back to my college days when I did my uh, thesis on sickle cell disease trying to learn more and we still only have one cure for sickle cell disease and that's bone marrow transplant which is not available for everyone, and it's not a uh, easy procedure to undergo. But over time, we've developed uh, more refined uh, supportive care, diagnostic services, where we can improve the quality of life and the longevity of patients with sickle cell disease. So that has been encouraging. And I think we may be on the cusp of with some genetic modification, hopefully right. coming up yeah. with another type cure other than bone marrow transplant. Yeah, that was going to be my next question for you, Dr. Words, is where where is a lot of that, um, the genetic research that we're doing, genetic gene therapy, um, is there hope um, that that's going to be, you know, something that's going to be able to maybe even cure sickle cell at some, day, at some point? Yeah, I think so. But 20 years ago, I said that too, because we thought we were getting closer. <laughs> we ran into some obstacles. It's really, you know, you have to have a vector where you can introduce a quote, right. normal, unquote, gene to replace the abnormal gene, and that was harder than scientists thought it would be. But now we're making more progress with other blood disorders like hemophilia, possibly thalassemia, and sickle cell. And at the uh, American Society of Hematology annual meeting this past December, there were several reports where it's much more encouraging that we're getting so much closer. So I, I think it will probably hopefully happen in my lifetime and will improve the overall care for sickle cell patients. Once again, it's probably not going to be for everyone, uh, but at least it'll be a, a good start point. Right. Well, now, you're the uh, primary investigator for a new drug, GBT-440. Tell us about that. Okay, so this, the, the only FDA-approved uh, modifying therapy for sickle cell, so it's not a cure, is hydroxyurea, and it works in some patients. It's got some toxicity, but investigators are looking at other drugs that could uh, approach treating sickle cell in a different manner, and this drug, GPT-440, I like because, one, it's an oral agent. It's a pill that patients would need to take once a day, but it's not a shot. You don't have to have an IV. Uh, you don't have to take it multiple times a day. And what this drug does, it, it, it enhances the affinity of oxygen for, by, for hemoglobin, and it doesn't have as many toxicities as, for example, say, hydroxyurea. And what's been shown in England in adult sickle cell patients, for those patients who took this drug over a month, it resulted in a one-gram increase in their hemoglobin. Now, that may not sound like much, but when some sickle cell patients have hemoglobin routinely as low as 5 or 6, so if you raise right, it a right. gram, you're actually raising their hemoglobin by 20%, and then this yeah. could help decrease complications. So it's really exciting. Uh, we actually prop, we participated in what was called Part A of the study, and we 
think that Part B will probably open later this month, later this month, February of 2017. Okay. Is this multi-center, or is it, is it only at Children's Mercy? No, it's multi-center. Uh, we were one of two centers initially that got involved. St. Jude was the other. I know a lot of times people think of St. Jude as the cancer center, but they also treat hematology patients. And now right, they've expanded correct. it, I think, to about six to ten centers uh, throughout the country, West Coast, Midwest, St. Jude, and a couple on the East Coast. Wow, very exciting work there. Um, let's move into another discussion. You are also leading the hospital's participation in the sickle cell disease treatment demonstration program, and I believe you received a grant from Health Resources and, and the Services Administration. Tell us about what this program is, what, what we're trying to do with it. So this is a regional collaborative, and it involves the states of Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, and Iowa. As you said, it was funded by Health Resources and Service Administration. It began in 2014. It will end, the first cycle, the 3-0 cycle, will end August of this year. And we have three main purposes, but then there may be things that will expand upon that. Uh, we're trying to increase the number of providers that are treating sickle cell patients in our region. We're calling it the Heartland region. Um, and particularly in rural areas, sometimes that's difficult. In urban areas, they have centers like ours. We're trying right. to increase the number of providers uh, that prescribe or recommend the appropriate use of hydroxyurea. As I mentioned, it's the only FDA-approved modifying therapy that has had some success. And then we're also trying to uh, better educate healthcare providers about sickle cell disease. So we're developing not only a regional infrastructure for those four states, but also a state infrastructure where we share our ideas, what has worked, what hasn't worked. And we're trying to, you know, just give overall better care through coordination of uh, our service delivery, counseling, like I mentioned, and just using all the expertise that we've already developed and sharing it with others who may not have had the opportunity to have access to these things. Okay. Now, when you when you mention one of the goals here is to increase the number of providers who can treat sickle cell disease appropriately, are, so you're talking about educating the general practitioner, not necessarily um, more hematologist in an area, but taking the nurse practitioner, the, the the GP, and giving them the education, giving them the skills to to treat appropriately. Is that is that the focus? That is the focus because we believe strongly that all sickle uh, cell patients should have primary care providers. There are other problems besides sickle cell that they have. But also, you know, instead of having to come two to three hours to our center or other centers, if they could get uh, their care more locally, you know, and the providers are more comfortable, it would, once again, improve quality of life, improve the medical care that's delivered that way. And so we can try to accomplish it by, you know, educational conferences, by telemedicine, by one-on-one -on -one conversations, you know, with uh, providers, uh, you know, to help develop their expertise and level of comfort. Right. Well, that's fascinating work, Dr. Woods, and I want to thank you for what you're doing. Good luck with the GBT440 study. Um, I hope it uh, has the results that you're looking for, and also with the uh, demonstration program. And, and also, thanks for coming on the show. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.